So if you haven't checked out Portal to Ascension, please do so. If you haven't checked out the Wish Alliance, there is so much programming out there to support everyone on all of their journeys, whether they're just getting started or they're veterans. And so tonight we have a veteran with us and she is going to talk with us for just a moment, but I do want to share a little bit about Karen. Karen Swain is a teacher of deliberate creation. She's a spiritual mentor. She is an inspirational educational uh, educator and speaker. She's the host of Accentuate the Positive Media. She's the author of Return to Love and Awakening by Death and Creation of the Awakening Soul series. And so tonight, Karen is going to share some information with us that I know you guys are all going to want to hear. So just kind of sit back and relax. And I would like to bring Karen on. Where are you, Karen? I have you. I lost you. <laughs> Here we go. I still, I'm going to have to go to this view. Sorry, folks. There you are, my dear. Are you doing speak of you? There Pardon you are. Me? Yeah, yeah, there. Hello. Hey, darling one. So lovely Thanks. to be here. And, and thanks everybody. so much for being here. Yeah, you're doing amazing work, Sheila, really you are. And I'm just loving that you're all collaborating with each other. You know, you call me a veteran. I love that. I am a veteran. I've been doing this for a long time. And really, I've been watching people in the spiritual community talk about connectedness and cooperation, and yet they're all doing their own thing separately. I, you know, years ago, about 12 years ago, I put a guy on radio and he was talking the talk and he was making my heart sing. He was like you know, I've seen the people in the spiritual industry doing their own thing and I want to bring them all together. And then when I asked him to collaborate with me, he said, no. <laughs> I'm like, you can talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? And uh, yeah, that's what we're being asked to do at this time on planet Earth is not just to listen to spiritual messages anymore, but to really embody embody what we understand to be our truth because you know many of us have this underlying well, underlying this subconscious programmed mind that we came into experience at a third dimensional experience which runs us which is based in fear fear separation and limitation and so these are the thought forms that run us even though when we hear truth we understand that truth as our reality but then we have to overcome the subconscious programming that is running, is, is telling us who we are. And uh, that's uh, what I wanted to speak about tonight. So years ago when I was in my 30s and I was studying healing because I'd had all these amazing experiences of um, sensitivity and I didn't understand what was going on. I was a massage therapist. I did five years full-time study in my 20s as a naturopath and uh, then realized that after five years full-time study that I didn't learn anything that was going to change the world. And so I opened up a furniture and homeware shop, closed it, had a baby, closed it and went back into massage to make money because it was a good way to make money. Funnily enough, all those years ago, God, it's over like 25 years ago, masseuses still charge the same that I was charging back then so there wasn't a lot of massage around back then and I used to be a mobile masseuse travel around and I had a lot of friends that worked in the film industry and I used to they used to, 
uh, Hollywood movie stars used to come out here to make movies and I used to massage them all. So I've massaged quite a few Hollywood movie stars, which has been interesting. But this phenomena, and I remember one of them, he had a sore knee and I put my hand on his knee and I started to tell him about his fears and what he was thinking and what he was doing with his life. And I'll never forget the look on his face, this poor guy. He just looked at me with this horror like I thought I was getting a massage, not a psychic reading. And I thought to myself after that experience, hmm, I need to change the way I you know, promote myself. I need to call myself something different. And I didn't know what to call myself. And then a friend of mine said, let me send you to some spiritual healers for a reading. And I'm like a spiritual healer. Oh, that's a good name. So I started calling myself a spiritual healer, still doing massage work and hands-on healing. And uh, what I noticed is that everyone that was coming to me for healing was a difference maker. When I would talk to them, they were somebody that wanted to change the world. And this is giving me a clue about who I am in this lifetime, because, you know, like when we're young, it's like, who are we? What are we doing here? What am I supposed to do in this world? And I call the people that I work with the difference makers or the new world teachers and everyone that's attracted to my work and everyone that's on this call tonight or today, depending on what country you're in, is one of those, is a new world teacher, a difference maker, a star seed, you know, uh, whatever you want to label yourself, but you're here to share the knowledge of who you are with others and help others awaken. You are awakeners. And I see my friend Kevin there. Hi, Kev. <laughs> I've had Kevin on my show and uh, who has an amazing story. I wanted to talk about frequency light upgrade. So what's been happening, what I've noticed, and, and Sheila went through a bit of it. There's been sickness around, which people have been calling COVID. You know, like everyone's getting COVID. But I've had the flu, which is like COVID is like a flu type symptoms or a cold. You can't get a cold or a flu these days without you being labeled as having COVID, which is really interesting. But I've had the flu many times before and it hasn't been pretty. And I've had it a lot worse than when I had it over Christmas time. And my guide said to me, the guide said to me, just relax, just relax. It's not going to be pretty, but you're having an upgrade. You're having a DNA upgrade, a frequency light upgrade. And I'm like, what is that? And it's like the body releasing toxin. So what happens with the body when we release toxin is that we sweat, is the skin is our biggest elimination organ. And so sweating is the best way to eliminate toxin from the body. And then we cough up, you know, stuff from our lungs and we have nose runs and phlegm comes, you know, comes out of our sinus passages. And of course the kidneys release and then the bowel releases. So vomiting and diarrhea and all these flu-like symptoms are the body's response to a buildup of toxin and the body is having a cleanse and releasing this toxin. So if we, if we have a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle and healthy thoughts, we don't need to go through it quite as much. But a lot of light workers and star seeds and light weavers who are here on the planet who elected to come here to clean up, you know, to clean up the consciousness of Mother Earth they said, yeah, I'm going to volunteer to come and be a part of the shift, have incarnated into families that carry a lot of density. And density is those toxic beliefs, those toxic thought forms of not forgiveness and resentment and fear 
And I've seen a lot over my, over the years of working with teachers and starseeds, I've seen a lot of people play victim to the traumatic lives that they've had as children and the, um, the beliefs that they carry. But when you realise that you elected to come into this world to take on those thought forms and then to heal them in yourself, to transmute them in yourself, because like my family and, and many of you might be the same, not everyone's going to go and see healers and uh, look at their consciousness and want to change their thinking or do personal growth courses. They just brush their pain under the carpet and soldier on and don't really look at why they feel the way they feel. But the teachers and the healers don't. They, they look at, they like say, why is this happening to me? They ask questions. And so as we do it for ourselves, as we release those toxic belief systems and belief patterns of thought from our own DNA structure, we do it for our whole family and ultimately we do it for the collective, for humanity. And if we don't look at these resentments and beliefs, fear-based beliefs or limiting beliefs that we hold, then our bodies will help us eliminate these. Toxins is not just you know, the pollution in the world that we ingest in our food and the air and stuff. Toxics, toxins are also connected to our thoughts. And the more we hold on to our toxic thoughts, the more we hold on to toxins in the body. So coming down with the flu is a way that you can release it. For me, over the Christmas period, I remember at the end of last year, I was thinking to myself, oh, it's been such a busy couple of years over COVID. I had seen more clients, done more shows, <laughs> done more conferences than I'd ever had before. I thought to myself, I'd really love to take a couple of months off and just relax and totally cleanse and just, and I, I didn't give myself that luxury. I was going to give myself two weeks, but getting the flu took me out for at least six weeks. And I thought, well, you asked for it, Karen. <laughs> so we have to be mindful that whatever we're experiencing we are the creators of it, be it good or bad. And part of my mob or the team that I call um, blissful beings, but really irreverently say the mob, which is the guides that speak to me and through me. And really, they're not my personal guides. You know, when we think of our spiritual team, we think that they're personal to us. But many of the teachers and starseeds that are here connected to their guidance are connected to a stream of consciousness that flows through many. It is like a collective bandwidth of wisdom, a collective experience of the human dimension, the, the, all the other dimensions and dimensions on other planets. It's, it's like tapping into wisdom or tapping into knowledge. And we can give them identity and names. When I was young and asking who were my spirit guides, I was getting nothing. I remember I did a course and everyone had a name for their higher self, like Archangel Michael or Bob or Sue. You know, they all had this identity that they called their higher self. And I never got a singular identity. And this course gave me this tape back in the days when we had tape recorders. Remember tape recorders? <laughs> Plug the tape in. And there was this uh, guided meditation to meet your spirit guide. Well, nothing happened for me. And I remember going back to my teacher and saying, I can't do this. Nothing's happening for me. And he said, oh, well, some people just can't do it. And he sort of wrote me off. Anyway, funnily enough, as I'd been speaking to them my whole life, but I had been calling that guidance my common sense. I hadn't realized that I was speaking to a higher aspect of myself or a wiser aspect of myself, somebody that is 
outside my fear and limiting thoughts or my egoic mind. And uh, I tried it again, or I was just stressing over, why can't I find my spirit guide? And my guide said to me, oh, they think I'm hilarious. Have you ever had the uh, experience where your guides are just laughing at you half the time for the things you do? I get that a lot. And they said, oh, Karen, we told you that you are the creator of your own reality. If you want to create an experience of talking to your spirit guide, choose what you, who you want to speak to. We've been so many identities. You can't imagine, like we've been infinite personalities and identities in, in multiple dimensions. Who do you want to speak to? Choose. And at the time, I'm a young girl. I'm thinking, oh, well, if I've got a choice, I'd like them to be a handsome young man. That'd be good. And then bang, instantly in my third eye, I get this image of this handsome young man who sits down. This is in the guided meditation. You know, you go along a path and you come to a stream and you sit at the stream and you invite somebody to come and speak to you. And really, they've been teaching me throughout my life that everything we experience is a creation based on our soul's perspective or our human perspective, but that we are the creators of our reality. And everything that we're experiencing here on earth is designed by an aspect of us. And the Arcturians who are a part of the collective that speak to me say to me that this, that not just me, say to us that this knowing that you are the creator of your own reality and taking back your power is the most important thing that humans need to learn at this time of evolution. So there's many things that we can learn about who we are, but knowing that we are the creators of how we flow our energy and how we choose, how we think and feel and what decisions we make, that we are at ultimate choice of that. We can't play victim to anything ever. If we get sick or whatever happens, there is always a reason for it and we've created it because of that reason. So when you change your perspective to your creating your reality, life becomes very, very, very different. You start looking at why you've created it. And when you look at why you create something, then you can get the evolution or the lesson from the experience that you're creating. Instead of feeling like it's happening to you, you understand that everything's happening for you, for your spiritual evolution. And as I speak to this amazing group of people, your spiritual evolution means the spiritual evolution of everyone else that you come in contact with. So as you expand your awareness of who you are as a multidimensional being and take back your powers of creation and expand your intuitive abilities, your all your psychic abilities, your ability to have clear and open connection with your guides, then you can share that information with others and remind people about their ability to do that too. Because in this world, there is no one higher or lower than anyone else. It is a world where all of us who come from the extension of the source, which is the extension of brilliance, of pure positive energy, of infinite creative potential, of infinite knowledge, we all come from that and we send an aspect of ourselves into this dimension where we forget that. And so spiritual ascension and spiritual awakening is just a remembering of who we are. So as you remember who you are and what you're capable of, then you have the ability to remind others. Right, Kev? <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> Kevin is one of the most, I have a few favorites. I've been doing my show for about 12 years. Uh, I started the show because as a teacher of deliberate creation, 
I had this thought, I watched that show, Frasier. Does everybody know that silly show, Frasier? And he was a uh, psychiatrist who was on radio, you know, helping people on radio. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was somebody on radio that actually had something worth listening to, that people that would, this is like before The Secret or around the time The Secret came out. Uh, Does everyone know what The Secret is? I'm sure you do. Yeah. And uh, Rhonda, another Aussie girl, was the producer of that movie. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was somebody on radio teaching people about their powers of creation and how they create their reality? And I had a friend who was a psychic, like your normal psychic, Pam. She'd been doing it for years and she was very successful. But she was bored because she said people come in to have a reading from her and they all ask the same thing about money, travel, and love. Basically, that's it. (laughs) And she was bored answering the questions. And so I said to her, I've been thinking about going on radio. And she said, let's do it. And she was instrumental in pushing me out there and getting us on radio. We went to our local community radio station. There were no listeners. You know, it was a pretty, you know, some of these community radio stations. But it was great for us to practice because we were so nervous being on radio and we had to learn how to, you know, run the panel because you don't have anyone doing it for you on community radio. And then Pam's husband retired and she went off sailing around the world and I moved to a bigger radio station where we didn't have a seven-second delay. So a seven-second delay is when you take a caller and if they say something, in, you know, that could be you could sue the radio station for or if they swear or if they talk about somebody in a derogatory way, you've got seven seconds to cut them off before it goes to air. So I wasn't allowed to take callers, which we were doing on the radio station. And I thought, hmm, I have to change the game plan. And that's when I started putting people on who were New World teachers and interviewing them and then eventually turned that into a podcast show. And I've been doing that for about 12 years. And I have to say, I love it. I've met some of the most incredible people that have changed my world. And one of them is Kevin here. (laughs) And, And You know, I wanted to talk about frequency light upgrade and how it's very connected to our diet. And as I look at Kevin and I see your Facebook posts, it doesn't seem to matter with you because there is an agreement with you and your guides that as you come into this world, you're going to do what you're going to do and you're going to experience the human experience in every, in all that it has to offer. And it really doesn't, like you don't get ill from, sort of a fatty diet or eating a lot of meat or whatever whereas a lot of people who become much more sensitive in their energy field find that they really have to shift their diet and change their diet in order to operate in a different way does anyone feel like that has anyone felt like they needed to change their diet got one yes there yeah definitely yeah so um Yeah, and I'm just looking at you, Kevin. I don't think you have, have you? No. (laughs) But there's an agreement with you and your mom. I've never met anyway. So I talk talk about Kevin because he's one of those people that I've had after 12 years of putting people on podcasts and radios who's um, just had the most, you know, has the most extraordinary experiences and uh, seems to be quite different to the rest of us in, uh, in his agreement with his uh, his soul or his his team or his uh, his guidance. So, has, does anyone have any questions? I'd love you all to ask questions. I'm just looking here. I must be a comedy show for the guides. <laughs> Cindy said that. Yeah, I know I am. I had this experience once 
where I was running what was called the Academy of Light, where we would have a Monday meeting. Can somebody actually, but I just wanted to take the call just to tell you. Someone needs to mute uh, their. Okay, I love you and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) Somebody needs to. We love you too. Who was that? Somebody needs to mute their microphone. I don't know who it is. Do you know? It who was that so is? sweet, though. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. I love you. Maybe <laughs> love you too, whoever you are. Yeah, it was Lynn. Hi, Lynn. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> yes, we do. I wanted to tell you a story about my guides. Um, when Cindy says, "Must be a comedy show for the guides." So I was running the Academy of uh, running the Academy of Light, and um, the people that. Put, that started the Academy of Light, a couple called John and Rosemary Butterworth, were very into the Indian guru thing. They had the Sai Baba was their guru. Anyway, there was this Indian guru coming out to Australia, to Sydney. And Rosemary told me, I just simply must go and see this guy. I've got to sit before the guru. And I'm young, I'm in my 30s. And I said, sure, sure. So I drive an hour and a half out to see this guy, He's sort of not near where I live. And um, sat before him in some bedroom in some house And he asked me questions like, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to sit before God and he's going to see my blueprint and know everything about me. And I can ask this guru any question and he'll know everything I need to know. I had big expectations of this guru, right? And I was so excited. And I sat before this elderly gentleman with his wife sitting at the windowsill. And he asked me questions like, do you meditate? And I'm thinking, I'm somebody that runs the Academy of Light. What do you mean, do I meditate? Surely if you look into my soul, you can see that, yes, I meditate. And he started asking me all these crazy, stupid questions. And he'd look at his wife and his wife would shake her finger and go, no, 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 no. And then after asking me some stupid questions and not giving me any information about who I was, he tried to sell me some of the, um, what I call worry beads, but they're called something else. You know, the sort of beads that you count when you meditate. It's a bit of an Indian thing. And I said, is that what it's called? Thank you. (laughs) Amala, Amala, there you go. And I thought, no, I I don't need anything to distract me when I meditate. Anyway, after that, we went and had some singing. And uh, we're sitting in a group, predominantly Indian. When I came in, I was wearing a strappy dress because it was the middle of summer. It was sweltering hot. And they told me I had to cover up because you're not allowed to show your shoulders or arms or something. I don't know. I was completely confused and perplexed. But there I was sitting amongst all these Indians. And they were going to start the, um, you might, whoever said Mala, the bhajans, you know, the singing the chanting and so he looks at me and he asks me to start to start it for the group and I'm thinking what part of this fleshy white girl looks like I know how to sing in Indian <laughs> anyway his wife I looked at his wife and she's shaking her thing saying no 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 <laughs> this after that experience that we did a bit of the singing I left and I'm driving home it was a bit of a long drive and I'm talking to my mob saying what the hell was that all about and honestly I got this image of people holding their stomachs rolling around in the floor they were laughing so hard they were just laughing at my expense they thought it was this hilarious comedy show to them I was this comedy show and then they said to me driving home Karen we told you you are the creator of your own reality the guru is within stop running around looking for the guru to tell you who you are just go inside you'll find who you are and I'm like, right, I, okay, I get the message, I get the message. 
Uh, it was Kevin's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Kev. <laughs> yep, mandate, reading, boring, just looking. Hello, if anyone's got any questions, I'd love to hear some angel stories, please, or anything related to the angels. Oh, that's a great question. Michael, oh, Michael Nay. Um, let me have a look. Uh, any questions on... Um, Hang on. Oh, Carol. Okay. Uh, Karen, you are so, um, it's so easy to listen to you. You're so relaxed. I don't know, right? Um, all right, angel stories. Um, all right, I had a near-death experience. I had pneumonia. I call it near-death. I'm sure I had pneumonia. I never wrote anything down, like dates or whatever. Um, and, uh, I don't remember coming out of the physical body. Um, I don't remember tunnels or lights or music. Um, and, uh, can I take the hand down? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sheila, do you want to pop her Sheila. on screen so we can see Carol? I've got the light. Maybe I should move the there light. She is. Okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> you look the, uh, thank you. Um, all right. So then I, I was above the earth and uh, the earth was like a blue marble, you know, the blue oceans and the white clouds. Um, and I was in some kind of a spiritual body or an energy body or rainbow body, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I turned and there was this being to the right of me and it was in silhouette. And it had uh, long hair and a long robe. Um, and I was in a Christian frame of mind at the time because um, that was the way I was raised. But now I'm everything. Um, so uh, I said to it, uh, okay, so the light behind it was blue-white, like a welder's torch. Mm. Our sun was yellow, right? And I said mm. to it, do you know what's going on? And it was an it. It was neither male nor female. And I said, do you know what's going on down there on planet Earth? And I went to speak. I went to give my life an example. And I went to speak. And it saw into my heart. So there was telepathy. Um, there was no misunderstanding. And I cried. A perfect, you know, because here, down here we get misinterpreted and whatever. Yeah. So then I was, um, it was almost like a life review. Um, and then I was told to give up everything on earth. And I thought, well, it's the earth, air, fire, water, plants and animals. Um, and the more I let go, the greater this love. This, this being had so much love for humanity, like divine love. There was no love like it on the face of the earth. And it went right through me. And I, it's like, like gold going right through every cell of this body that I had. Um, and then I was told, my mother was still alive at the time, and I was told even to give up the, you know, the emotion, anything that would keep me earthbound. So I was like a child with a teddy bear, so I'd let go and hang on. And then this being was behind me, reassuring me all the time. Um, and um, um, then I thought, well, she's in the universe, she's in God, so I let go. Uh, and then... I stood alone and I, it was, it, then I thought, it felt like I was God. I was the only one in all the solar systems, the galaxies, the so you know, the universes. 
it was terrifying. I don't know if it was loss of ego or anyway. And then I realized, I, I thought, I thought thinking at the time, God's got no one to go to. We've always got someone, it's the family or friends or a hospital to somebody to go to, police or whatever. Um, and then I realized that I was, I wasn't Carol Stacy anymore. I was mm. consciousness in the body. Mm. Um, and there, everything's consciousness. It's all frequencies and different frequencies and vibrations, right? Anyway, then these angels, I took them to be these highly evolved beings. I took them to be angels. And they said, you've had enough. I was getting drunk on this. It was like, it was exquisite. It was ecstasy. It was euphoria, you know? Yeah. I don't know what other words I could go through the dictionary and find other words. Anyway, these angels said to me, you've got to, your time's not up. You've got to go back and give out. So I'm, you know, so right now I'm doing presentations. I'm doing your know, teaching remote viewing. Oh, and trans yeah. Transcending level, following David Hawkins, you know, transcending yeah. level to consciousness. Yeah. Um, the history of UFOs and higher, you know, in humans, uh, higher intelligences and my near-death experience, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's beautiful. That was, that, that was my contact with angels. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And Karen, thank you, because I've also suffered my whole life. I don't know, it's because my father was gassed in the First World War and it affected his lungs and his genes. But I've suffered, especially at Christmas, sinus, bronchitis, and a touch of pneumonia, right? But I've had that at least once a year through my life. You know, Carol, you can release that if you choose to. I mean, yeah. we hold we hold on to uh, distortion or illness or sickness because sometimes uh, we don't understand that we can release, you, you know, the energy that is keeping it in place. Or, or sometimes it serves us. There are a lot of people who are sick because they get a lot of attention from beings. I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying this can be a reason yeah, why people yeah. hold on to illness. But if you speak, if you speak to the energy of the illness, you can speak to the wisdom of your body. You can go into the pain and without judgment, without um, saying that it's good or bad. You see, we see things as good or bad here in this in this third dimensional experience. But from source's perspective. Nothing is good or bad. It's just an experience that we're electing to have. And as deliberate creators, we can choose it or not. And so this is the power that we have. And if we're experiencing something on some level of our being, we're choosing to have that experience. And so when you understand that you're choosing it, then you can make a decision not to choose that anymore. So if you go into the energy of like, what does it feel like? How do I feel? Speak to it from a feeling sense rather than a physical sense like relate it to an emotion what is the emotion that comes up when I have this experience and how is it serving me it might be that you're still carrying on the like the DNA the, the fear on your father's DNA that's in your DNA and as you release that fear of um, you know as, as a child I was an asthmatic and that, that not being able to breathe, not being able to breathe is like, it's actually a fear of, of like life, really. And I remember when I was a child having a really bad asthma attack and I was away with my family and we were in, um, staying at somebody's place. And it was so bad that the puffer, the Ventolin that my mother used to give me wasn't working. And I saw my, the terror in my mother's eyes because she didn't know it was the middle of the night. She didn't know what to do for this child who couldn't breathe. And when I saw the terror in her eyes, it makes me cry. 
I remember thinking, I've got to stop this shit. You know, like, I've got to stop this. Knowing as a child that I had choice over whether I would continue to not breathe or stop. And when I realized that my sickness was making my mother terrified, I stopped and I just mm. said to her, it's okay, mom, it's okay. I can breathe now. I can breathe now. And, you know, that's the power that we have. Yeah. And in, in that moment as a child, I didn't, like I did realize I was making it, but it's got to sink in because then we go out into life and, and everyone tells you that you're a victim of everything, especially what's happening on the planet now, right? Mm -hmm. And then we forget that we're at ultimate choice of how we experience our world, but we are at ultimate choice at how we experience. So when you're having um, a bad reaction, then you can just stop and ask, do I want to continue this? Or is it serving me or not? And there's no judgment about whether you do or don't. Because remember, judgment is, or, or criticism of anything, is a third dimensional concept. It was the same when I was a young um, naturopathic student. I had been uh, suffering hay fever. So as a child, I was quite sick. I had a lot of hay fever and asthma and stuff like that. And I um, remember thinking, uh, I, I left the house one day without my puffer. And I had a panic attack and an asthma attack because I had forgotten my puffer. Mm. And I was like about 23. And then I made this decision. I can't live like this. You know, always needing to have this puffer next to me. I was so sort of attached to this puffer so that I could breathe. And I thought, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I never had another asthma attack ever again. And it was the same. I know it was the same with hay fever. I remember thinking I was this naturopathic young girl doing naturopathy. We're talking about all sorts of remedies for the, the hay fever. And if, I don't know if anyone's had hay fever. It's awful, like just nose, itchy eyes, nose running, sneezing all the time. Just every morning that was like that for me. And I just made a decision. I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. And it stopped. It didn't stop overnight. Because belief doesn't manifest instantly in the third dimensional world. But when you make a decision, ultimately, or you make a, you have a thought or a belief, ultimately it comes into the manifestation of the physical world. So if you make a decision not to have that anymore and speak to it and love it and say, thank you for this experience, don't resist it in any way. You know, like, I don't know, how old are you, Carol? You've probably sure. been doing Right. So maybe for 77 years, you've experienced this, this sinus and pro thank it for the 77 years of that experience. Don't resist it in any way and uh, make a decision, you know, that you've had enough now and I'm going to move on to a new experience. And remember, don't expect it to happen overnight. Manifestation yeah. is happening faster now, but it will happen. You'll just notice one day, oh, that hasn't happened for a while. You know, you just notice one day that it hasn't happened. And then you go, wow, it hasn't happened. Yeah, you are the creator of your own reality. You are powerful. Remember thank, that always. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Extremely thank helpful, you. my dear. Yeah, because I want to, uh, after COVID, I want to start renting library rooms and putting on presentations and maybe traveling outside of Toronto, go across Canada, maybe travel the world. I don't, I don't know where Darling, it's going to no, take. No stopping you. <laughs> no stopping you. <laughs> Thank you again, my dear. Thank you. I have got an angel story. I'm thinking about Lynn's angel waking. Stories. I think Lynn Moss is waiting. Oh, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn. Is it Lynn? Lynn. Cheryl. Cheryl, do you want to make me co-host and I can pop yeah. them on and off if you like? Hello. Yeah, absolutely. You've done that. Lynn, do you want to come up and uh, have a chat? Yes. Can you hear me, Karen? I can, darling one. Absolutely. 
Excellent. Thank you. So I'm going to bring something um, a bit heavy. And that is that um, I come from a Holocaust family, yeah. which means I cannot wear the mask because it yeah. takes me right back to the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And in the shopping, you know, they say, well, you have to wear something. And for me, the mask, a scarf, is equivalent to the Jewish star. So yeah. I was shopping the other day and I try and wear the linen scarf and it fell down. And this normally lovely woman came over to me and said, you've got to put your mask on because you will be hurting everyone else. <laughs> I know. And I thought to myself, this is a young woman who's generally very nice, but she's, she's involved in, in all of this nonsense that's currently going on. And so, so the other side of this, Karen, is that I cannot wear the mask also because I have the adult version of SIDS. I will die in four minutes. I will suffocate to death. And I have a medical exemption. But what do I do with, with this knowledge in shopping? Because they're not going to honor a medical exemption. They'll just say, we'll shop somewhere else. Well, Lynn, I have a lot to say about that. Thank you know, you. What, what is happening on planet Earth at the moment is we're revisiting it. You know, I've, I've, I've got a lot of Jewish friends and mm -hmm. um, in Sydney, there's a very large mm -hmm. community, Jewish community where I live, mm -hmm. and they all feel the same. They all feel the same about the energy that's happening. It's, it's, it's reminiscent of what happened to the Jewish community. How can yes. your best friend and neighbor who was Jewish now be your enemy and you're, you're dobbing them in? Uh, and that's this sort of so we're revisiting this distortion and fear that is mm -hmm. unresolved fear. It's yes. obviously unresolved. There's a lot of people that carry that, just like we spoke about with Carol, that carry that fear on their DNA because they've come into families that are holding it from mm -hmm. our horrible histories. You know, we've got horrible mm -hmm. history on every country in the world, including mm -hmm. Australia, of persecution and judgment and uh, that feeling of separation. So the light workers come into, as I say, families that hold a lot of density within their DNA structure, their spiritual DNA structure, in order to transmute it, and mm -hmm. um, and and feeling that fear of persecution and the fear of the mask or the fear of anything is actually buying into the very thought forms that you've come here to transmute and let go of. Remember, you are the creator of your own reality, and so if you don't want to wear the mask, I don't wear the mask. You know, call me a renegade, call me a rebel. I think the mask is a um, is a symbol of fear, because uh, you know viruses. You know, I won't go into it. So um, it is a symbol of fear that has been is being perpetuated by our um, pharmaceutical and mainstream media industries. And so I don't wear it because I see it as a as a symbol of fear, not because I'm afraid of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I also feel very aligned with that decision. So when I go to the supermarket or shopping centers, I don't have a mask on. And I feel very comfortable in that decision. Just like before the pandemic, right? We went to the supermarket and we didn't wear masks. What did that feel like? Like what did that feel like? <laughs> exactly. And uh and I live as if that was my reality then, it's still my reality now. And nobody approaches me or asks me to put a mask on. 
like nobody does right and so so Karen then if I'm being approached to put a mask on that must indicate I'm still working through my holocaust issues with the family well when you're not wearing the mask do you feel like you're being um, disobedient or that somebody will probably approach you or do you know I don't do you feel, feel that way at all no do you feel different uh, I, I think feel free and yeah, I feel, feel free. normal yeah yeah, yeah and, and I, the fact that you've brought up the Holocaust issues say that you're still working through the Holocaust mm-hmm. issues because the way to work through any thought form, the way to release it is to actually be grateful for the experience. You see, we can't, what you resist persists. We can't hate anything and have it go away. Esther Hicks would say from the teachings of Abraham, you can't scream no in a vibrational, Cindy's nodding, you can't scream no in a vibrational uh, universe. We, we live in, in all dimensions in a, in a sea of, of energy and information and we are molding that energy and information into our reality in this experience, in our experiences after we die on experiences on other planets in different dimensions, in every dimension. This is the hardest dimension because in this dimension, it's the hardest to remember that we're doing that. And so when you um, judge anything, you bring that thing that you judge into manifestation into your life. So what you resist persists. So if you can look at the Holocaust, and it's not easy to do, but if you can find a place of appreciation, like what did your family learn from it? With one of my girlfriends, she came for a reading and uh, I saw her as a child who had died in the death camps. And she spoke about the Holocaust because her grandparents were there. And she says she carries the wounds of the Holocaust because it's in her family and her grandparents were there. But actually she was there and died in the death camps as a child. And what she's doing with her life is teaching people to find spirit through dance and meditation. And she, from the decision of going through the Holocaust, her soul made a decision to come into this life as a healer. And she has created a huge community here in Sydney, bringing people together in the joy of dance and love and spirit. And so she's making up for that experience, that horrible experience in this life. See, life is not just this life. Life is no, I know that. our lives. It's a continuation. I, yes. You know, you see, I know a lot of what you're saying because yeah. I've done what you have done. I yeah. am clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, yeah, claircognizant exactly. and earned my living, you know, doing that for years. Yeah. But um as you say, you know, we are multidimensional and those of us in the know know that we're multidimensional. But then when we have someone that we're standing in front of that is so locked into, I'll call it a lower chakra frequency. And in the city in which I live, there is a $100 fine or 90 days in jail if you refuse to wear a mask in a store. Yeah. You know, so, so 
what do I do with that? I mean, do I go to the manager of the store and say, look, my family died in the Holocaust. I absolutely cannot wear this and I will die because I have the adult version of SIDS. They'll just simply say, well, then don't shop here. It's very easy from their point of view. But for me, it's very deep. It's a crusade of freedom that I'm on, which is also why, you know, it just feels so deliberate. I had a boyfriend once who said, I want to take people by their shoulders and shake the hell out of them. And I feel that that these people who are so locked in and who bow down to Fauci and bow down to Gates and just roll so easily into that thinking without checking in, like you were saying, Karen, with their own inner guru. And I'm a 60s child too. So it's just impossible for me. And I don't believe in this nonsense. I don't believe we have to have this nonsense. So maybe I should just march into the store regardless and take my chances. Well, um, I can understand where you're coming from, uh, Lynn. And uh, uh, and and what's happening on our in our world does seem crazy, you know, to to try and vaccinate a whole population of planet Earth and get everyone to wear masks. But at the same time, awakening when you have a spiritual awakening, it usually happens through the contrast that we experience in life. Spiritual awakenings don't usually. I'm saying usually for for, for some they do, but usually happen when you're living in a feathered nest when everything is beautiful and going your way it's the it's the dramas that we experience in life that makes us think differently and ask different questions and look into life more deeply and what's happening on our planet the craziness that we're experiencing is the masses awakening so the teachers have been awakened and they've come in and um, as the teachers awaken you know the star kids that are coming they just wake up like that they just have the they don't need to go through drama and trauma they just you know they just I don't know, they're turned, it, turned on, tapped in, tuned in already. But for many, it takes great trauma for people to actually shift their paradigm. And so what's happening on planet Earth is the trauma that we're experiencing collectively. And it's happening to everyone in every country. Do you notice that it's the same story in every country? People are saying it's dividing us, but actually it's unifying us. And um, it is this time on earth is the awakening of the masses. And so as the light workers, it's not up to us or the light weavers to judge what is happening, but to be grateful that the contrast we're experiencing is awakening, you know, mother humanity, like our human family. It's waking people up. It, there are millions of people protesting across the world, you know, like we've had well, the Canadian, yes, that's, we've had that's the Canadian, right. um, and right. we've got the, the, the Australians is, doing the same thing. The yes, truckers, exactly. You know, exactly. they're not waking up saying I'm love and light, but they're waking up in anger. And many people do when they experience contrast, like they, um, like I, I put out a book called Awakened by Death. And some of the stories in that book, you know, there was a mother whose five-year-old was shot senselessly in um, a school shooting and that experience you never want to experience that but that traumatic experience her beautiful loving joyful like talk about angels this kid was this an angel was senselessly killed that actually woke her up spiritually and put her on her spiritual path so it is the contrast or the traumas that we experience in life that has us looking deeper into who we are and for that we can be grateful rather than pushing against it 
So if you can find a way to look at it from a place of love and light and gratitude, if you can look at the Holocaust the same way, including the craziness that we're going through, then you'll reconnect to your power of being a genius, deliberate creator, and you'll be able to create any experience that you want, including going to a shop, not wear a mask and not have anyone fine you $200 but I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna move on now because uh, thank, thank, thank you thank you darling Karen. we've got thank Cindy you. here do you want to come blessings. and blessings to you do you want to come and hang out with us I sure do hi on camera there you awesome. are yeah so um yeah I woke up a little bit so I showed up <laughs> but um as far as the mask thing goes I really feel where there's a crazy fine my god I don't know what I'd do if there was a crazy fine because I'm a bit of a comic rebel, <laughs> you know? Somebody, You're a renegade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody in the supermarket said to me the other day, where's your mask? I said, what the hell are you wearing one for? <laughs> Look, I have to say that happened to me the other day too. I say that but I was standing, I had been in the chemist and I had shopped and I talked to the girl and the chemist. No one asked me to put a mask on. Then I went to the checkout to buy some eye drops or something or some vitamins that's right and the woman behind the counter asked me to put the mask on and the person she was serving turned around and said well are you gonna do it are you gonna put your mask on like she was one of those you know and I said to her will it make you feel safer if I do and she went oh she didn't know how to answer that anyway with me being a renegade but anyway go on sorry yeah. go on. total total renegade over here and yeah, I've had the person behind the counter. I even had like somebody from um, my doctor's office show up and said, where's your mask? And I said the same thing. I probably said something sarcastic there too. I don't remember what, but the, the other one was more recent. <laughs> but um, as far as manifesting, this is such a good subject. I love the subject. I'm a, um, I taught tarot for like mega years since 86 and I do tarot card readings for people and I am so thankful that I have clients that are younger than I am to remind me of the things I used to teach yeah, <laughs> yeah. because I, I said know. you know you know 30 years later man I forgot the stuff that you know that I used to teach so I need the young kids <laughs> and the clients that I've been working with to remind me and it's funny because uh now you know, like I'm a total turnaround. Yeah, I've done the Espa Hicks, Wayne Dyer thing and all of them. And, um, but I just want to say, I think energy is super speeding up because yeah. I can yep. tell you, I've yep. gone from one extreme to another, like instantly Yeah. Um, just by, well, now I start my day saying, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a fantastic day. It's going to get better and better. And, but yeah, I got to do the body thing now. It's easier to do it on the day, but the body thing and the pipes in the bathroom that are screaming, you know, get a plumber, yeah. but you know, I'm afraid they're going to crack into the ceiling because we had a fire in the building and it cost a fortune to resurface that thing. So I don't yeah. want the, you know, opening up the, the walls and I just paid my, well, my brother paid for it, but thank God. Yeah. Uh, look, we get into patterns, habitual patterns, and I, I, I'm the same with the body thing. You know, this 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 flu that I had was a real wake up call because I had been asking to to eat better, and I kept not doing it. Like to mo to your average person, you'd say that I have a healthy diet, but I used to be a caterer years ago. I've lived about a million lifetimes in this lifetime. I can't tell you all the millions of things that I've done, but one of the jobs I had, and so 
um, now that I, I, I don't have a family to feed, I, I kind of buy a lot of processed, you know, supermarket food. It's all uh, vegan sort of vegetable stuff, but it is still processed. It is still full of crap. Like unless you're buying raw, organic, you know, homegrown sort of stuff, we're still feeding our bodies a whole lot of processed toxin and sugar and over-salting it and everything like that. And you know, listening to you talk about your pipes, like your pipes yeah, are clogged. So, There's some you know, There is symbolic. Everything is a reflection of what yeah, we need to do. You need to, our you, need to, you need to clean out your pipes. And 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 I was the same. I was thinking, you know, I need to do this. I need to do this. I want to go on a juice cleanse because I had done juice cleanses before and I felt amazing. And I kept not doing it because I was in this pattern of thinking and coming down with the flu and just being wiped out totally shifted all those patterns because I couldn't eat for days and days and days. And it was like going on a forced fast. And um, I dropped 10 kilos, like double that and add some and you've got pounds in like four weeks. And so it was an incredible clear out of not only the stuff in my body, but the stuff in my subconscious that was keeping me in this perpetual wanting to do something and not doing it. Has anyone ever done that? Like you say, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to, and just, and then being frustrated with myself for not doing it because I was listening to the craving of the microbiome in my gut and not listening to what, and not being what I was asking for. And this is what happens as deliberate creators. When we say we want to do something and we don't do it, then life will give us, I call them sledgehammer moments. Like, you know, when you're not aligning with what you say you want, life will show up for you in a pretty dramatic way that will say like this will this help and and that's what I say it happens for us not to us that all the traumas and dramas even having a fire and having clogged yes. pipes and all yes. that sort of stuff is the universe speaking to you absolutely uh, so we can do it like I, as I said I had Geraldine Roscoe on, on in the inner sanctum sessions uh, recently and she was saying that over Christmas she went and did a silent retreat and fasted and was inside and I said had I done that I would not have probably needed to get sick you know like we can do it in a good way in an easy way ease and grace or we can get the sledgehammer moment but either way we'll get the message right so a lot of the stuff that happens to us is a, is a message to align with the energy you're asking for that's how we are the creators of our reality we ask for something like i want to be more spiritual or more psychic or more healthy or more loving or more kind and less critical and less angry and then we just get caught up in our patterns you know our, our subconscious programming so awareness is really the biggest thing that we need to be aware of who we are and how we're flowing our energy and, and work with that as deliberate creators yeah but did you have a question specifically i was just totally agreeing with everything you were saying and just <laughs> um i'm you know just watching it happen i'm i i say life is a giant tarot card reading you know like everything's yes. <laughs> happening around us is just another tarot card like those pipes were a tarot card the fire was a tarot card but you're yeah. right and, and life is a a, a big tarot card reading you're absolutely right it's it's 360 degrees of mirroring our you know life our is consciousness. our consciousness our, our thinking life is a perpetual experience as i said we live in this quantum soup of energy and information and we're organizing it through the way we see and experience we're given these five senses 
And with these five senses, that organizes how we experience this physical dimension. And once you start to expand your awareness of your other senses, then you have a completely different experience. So, you know, this is how one person can sit there and see a ghost as clearly as they can a person, but to the other people in the room, they can't see the ghost or the spirit or, or the ET because they haven't turned on or turned up their perpetual experience. It doesn't mean it's not real. It's everything is, a, is, a, is a, an experience of what, how we're perceiving, how we're viewing the world through our senses. And, and uh, yeah, so it gets exciting when we start to expand our awareness of our other senses, then we start to expand the multidimensional reality that we live in. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I love your analogy. You know, I was saying the other day, you know, um, have, sometimes you have to recognize when the switch is on and the switch is off. And if things are going not so great, that means the switch is off in some area. And if things are going great, holy moly, all this time I had the switch turned off. Now it's off. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I've, got so many, I've got so many stories about switches. I remember when I was a young girl having had traumatic relationships after my ex-husband, because, you know, when you break up with a marriage or a relationship, you're so determined to find the better man or the better partner. And then I had this, you know, the dated some really hideous people. And I remember thinking, I, I, I've got to look at me. I can't find love in the other I've got to look at what I you know who I am and I remember I just had this thought and it switched off my sexual energy and for two years I did not have a man at that time I haven't had a man for a long time but you know at that time when I'm young and hot I did not have someone approach me or talk to me in in any way it was like literally like a switch like I had made a decision I've got to work with me before I can reach out and be with another because I'm just experiencing my own uh, fears in the form of another person so I've got to change myself in order to attract another person and this is what we do as as humans and this is why the Arcturians say to me that the most important thing is to teach people how they're the creators of their own reality we think that this world determines how we think and feel but actually it doesn't it's how we think about this world that determines how we think and feel and so whatever is happening whether somebody wants to charge you $200 for not wearing a mask or you've got Holocaust issues or, or um, illness, how are we thinking about it? Are we resistant? Are we angry about it? Are we um, judging it? And when we shift our thinking, we shift our reality as the beautiful Wayne Dyer, like you said, said, when you change the way you see things, the things that you see change. So when you change the way you think about things, the things that you experience change. So when we change our thinking, we change our reality. And that is our power in the moment to change the way we see anything. We say, I can't do this, it's hard. Well, what if you change your thought to, I can do this, it's easy. Like, what if? What if you just change your thinking? Yeah, Cindy, you're muted again. Oops, sorry, but uh, that, what you just said, can you say it again? Because that was a great one. Oh, that was Wayne that said that. I love Wayne. I love Wayne. Uh, when, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. And so when you disagree with something, others. I mean, if we could do this as light workers, this, then we're going to help humanity too. Like if, if we could look at the people we disagree with, the politicians, or and change the way we think of them, wouldn't this help them change? 
So as we push against people and say, you're wrong, you're an idiot, you're a bastard, or you, she or he, when you change the way, like say, thank you for perpetuating the chaos in the world, because I can see that this chaos is awakening the masses. And be grateful for the people you disagree with rather than push against them and say you're an idiot. Uh, and and this, is, this is the crux. This is like deliberate creation 101. The way that we flow our energy is the way we change the world. And so this is why I see a lot of, uh, I see Susie's got a hand up. I see a lot of light workers talking about dimensions and spirit guides and other planets and still being stuck in resistance and hating on people. And look, it, I get it. You know, there's a lot of stupidity and a lot of fear and a lot of corruption and a lot of things to hate in this world. But as light weavers, we're weaving the light. There are light workers and there are light weavers. I say I attract the light weavers. So we take the strands of this reality and we create a new reality. We weave a new reality. The light workers are people that work with the light. And there's just millions of those people. And they might not even be conscious that they're light workers. They're the nurses and the teachers and the people that are in service in some way. But the light weavers are the people that are deliberately knowing their power of creation and they know how to weave reality and as you change the way you look at things the things around us change Paul Selleck one of the guides through Paul Selleck say it in a beautiful way if I can remember the words that he uses um, I'll find it in a minute I see Susie's got a hand up I just wanted to um, there's a few messages here uh, I can't see but I tell tell Michael the angel I don't know if Michael's still online the angel story when I was a young girl I thought about angels much like the other way people think about angels you see angels everywhere angel cards angel books angels I thought it was like a mystical fantasy sort of idea not a reality I really didn't see it as a reality not growing up in a religious family I really didn't see angels in any way as a reality and then I went to the mind body spirit which is a big expo that they have every year I'm sure you've got them in your town or city and I saw a woman called uh, Diana Cooper speaking about angels. And I sat in the audience as this young girl and she's talking about angels like they're a real thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, are angels real? You mean angels are real? <laughs> I had this like epiphany listening to Diana Cooper, who's still around, still talking about angels. She's wonderful. She's from the UK. And I remember having this thought, isn't it funny? Because I'm speaking to my guides my whole life not realizing that this is happening. As I said, I called it my common sense. And I had this thought and Diana had said, um, count how many angels you've got in your house or something. She'd said something like to see how many angels you've got around you. And I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if I wonder if I've got angels around me was my thought as this young girl. So I went home and I counted all the angel images in my house and I came up with 30 angel images in my house and then had this realization that I was surrounded by angels, which was so amazing. I had statues of them. I had cards of them. I had candles of them. So subconsciously or unconsciously, I'm buying these images of angels not even realizing that this angelic force is actually a real thing that is is a truth in our life and uh yeah you can ask the angels anything and they can help you good or bad i remember having some critical thoughts about someone in my car one day and i'm going up a hill and the guy in front of me in a van slammed on his brakes and i slammed on my brakes and the car kept going I know that sounds like a bad thing and I smashed into the back of him. 
it sounds like a bad thing. And I absolutely knew at that moment that the angels had taken over the car. And I'm thinking, this is one of these sledgehammer moments I was talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this, you know, when you've got your foot on the brake and the brake's not working and you're going up a hill, I mean, the car should at least slow down. Uh, the guy didn't sue me or anything like that, but it was a clear message. I was asking to be a, a better deliberate creator and I was sitting in the car criticizing in my mind the guy sitting next to me, right? Thinking, oh, you drive me mad. You're such an idiot. Like I'm having critical thoughts. And the sledgehammer moment, Sheila's laughing, the sledgehammer moment was clean up your thinking car and they slammed me into the back of a van. And I knew that was the angels. It sounds like a terrible story, but they were doing it for me, not to me. Uh, so that's a couple of angel stories. Who else had a question? Susie. Susie. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, first, wow, Karen, I, I, I'm so sorry I'm sick and I look like crap, but <coughs> but I just, you emanate such peace. And I just needed that so much. And, you know, you can use hindsight or you can just learn that if you're, just like you said, if you're going through crap, it's usually for a good reason. And even though I've been, you know, I, I, I'm supposed to be on vacation for two weeks and, and my, I'm sick, my puppy's sick, my kitty's sick, it's like, but I know I, we, we didn't have time to be sick before. It's kind of like, I need, I, I understand that this is okay, you know? Now I, I'd really like to get well for the next two days because Kevin's birthday was yesterday and mine is in two days. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to be happy and healthy for my birthday because I've learned if your spirit's open that day, it's, you know, you can get a whole bunch, but anyway, you just emanate so much goodness. And I, I just, the thing that you um, said about being okay to feel the crap, you know, be, mm -hmm. you know, allow yourself. Uh, I, I didn't learn that. I've done, I've done uh, eight years of, um, shadow work with teal swan and the whole thing we're going through most of the time is avoiding those emotions that we didn't want to feel as a child or as an infant or in the womb and if you can just let yourself feel it and allow yourself to go through those emotions then those emotions won't be dominating your life anymore they won't be choosing your your friends and your mates and your you know, I, I love you, Karen. I don't know you yet, but this was so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, next, thanks, next time I'll, I'll, next time I promise I'll have my, my picture up. Oh my God, I, you don't want to see me right now. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, having just been sick, and uh, I remember years ago when I was in India, I got really violently ill. I, I'd been there for a while. We were there for about a month or so. I've been there for a few weeks, so it wasn't instant. Oh, the whole vomiting diarrhea thing, you know, the barley belly or whatever you get. And I, I remember praying and trying to be positive. It's really hard to be positive when you feel really crappy. <laughs> like I really get it. And having just got sick. But if you can find gratitude for what you're going through, um, like I, uh, you, know, you know, when you are sick and you are vomiting and diarrhea or headaches or pain in your body, it is the body's response to um, trying to restore homeostasis, which is balance in the body. So the, the body that, that is a part of source energy and it has infinite intelligence, the body is so intelligent, honestly. 
if you can speak to the body's intelligence, uh, um, Talis Halliwell from Canada, who I've had on the show and in the Inner Sanctum a few times, speak talks about it speaking to the bodies like the fairy of the body there are fairies that look after the physical world and so there is the the fairy or the angel of the body if you can speak to the body's intelligence and say thank you to it you'll find that what you resist persists when you don't resist the pain or the illness and you can feel gratitude for it it'll be a lot less it'll be a lot less you'll feel better you might not feel completely well but if you can find a place of gratitude that what you're going through is happening for you and not to you in any situation in life. But I know that when you're really sick, it's the hardest to do. I remember thinking when I was really sick over the Christmas period, I didn't have as much access to my guides as I normally do because I was too much in my pity party doing, oh, I'm sick. I feel so terrible. I feel so terrible. Because what I was experiencing was this incredible ache throughout my whole body. And then I, um, I came home because I was away and my neighbor came over with some uh, electrolytes because I hadn't been eating. I couldn't eat anything. And I started having the electrolytes and the pain went away. And I realized that it was the pain's response to dehydration. Even though I was drinking a lot of water, I didn't have any electrolytes in my system. And it was the body giving me a message that it needed the salts and the sugars in my system. And um, it was amazing. I remember drinking the first cup of the electrolytes and feeling the pain literally leave me and I'd been in pain for like a week and a half at that stage uh, so yeah sometimes you know it's the body it's the body sending a message saying listen you know you need to do this so yeah if you can it's not easy but if you can speak to the wisdom of the body when I say it's not easy tell yourself it is easy that's a belief in itself isn't it if you can speak to the wisdom of the body the body will inform you about what you need including things like, you know, maybe some electrolytes or whatever you need. The body needs different salts and mineral salts and things like that. Ross, you've got your hand up. Thanks, Susie. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Karen, for uh, sharing and great presentation. Uh, all the truth. It's all the truth. Absolutely. Great encouragement. Uh, speaking uh, from the same book. So uh, I've been watching your uh, YouTube channel. I, I got introduced. Yeah, I think so. You have you have you have popped in uh, to one of those um, uh, Hildegard's presentation. Uh, I don't know, maybe three months ago. Or so so I said, all right, who's who is this Karen uh, lady? <laughs> uh, she's from down, down under. So let me let me look look her up. So I looked you up. I went to your YouTube channel, and I've been you know watching some of the stuff that some of the presenters uh, that you've been having. And this one lady specifically uh, a couple months ago. Her name is Sandra, aka Akura. Um, you have interviewed her. Um, yeah. she's a she's a star seed, and she was, you know, uh, sharing a lot of her very interesting, you know, information. Also, I, I went on her channel to you know look her up. So, what do you what do you think of uh, of Akura and what she is sharing and, and and presenting? Where she is coming from as a as a star seed? Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? What do I think of Akura? I think she's amazing. Uh, she's coming up. I heard that uh, she, that um, Sheila was saying, yeah, when's she coming up in this group, Sheila? Next week. Next, next week, week, she's our speaker. Yes. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yes. next week. she's She is absolutely amazing. One of these young star seeds that just, you know, woke up, didn't really need the trauma, but she has actually experienced some, a lot of trauma in another dimension, which she'll probably yeah. speak about. And... Um, 
I, you know, I, I don't have any judgment over Akura, but like many starseeds, when we experience trauma, be it physical or in this dimension or another, we push against it and talk about how horrible it is. And um, as someone who's aware of their powers of creation, I'm going to go into this over and over and over again because it needs to sink in. What you resist persists. So if you keep pushing against any experience that you have with judgment, like, as I say, everything is God. There is no source of evil anywhere in the cosmos. There is only one source, and that is a source of pure positive energy. And that source of energy creates every experience. Like we co-create our experience with this source of pure positive energy. So everything that exists in every dimension, no matter how heinous or good or bad, is actually a creation from the creator. And from that perspective, there is no right or wrong or good or bad. There is just creation. And if we could don that same perspective, then we take our power back to be the creators of our own reality in every dimension. And this is something we're learning as we're ascending into the fourth and fifth dimensional experience. From a fifth dimensional experience, there is no judgment. There is no fear. There is only pure creation. And so the source or light or God uses both what we deem as negative and light forces to create experience for the evolution of our soul. So everything that we experience in life is for an evolutionary experience. When we experience bad things or good things, it is for an evolutionary experience. Many people say, I would never have wanted that experience i would never have created that experience but if you ask them how have you changed or what did you learn from that experience you know they'll only tell you good things usually usually we have the choice to you know evolve devolve or evolve we have free will but from every experience we have we have the choice to see it as an evolutionary experience and to gain from it so like many people on the planet she does speak about her terrible experiences and says, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible. But then she goes straight back into love and light. Um, as I say, I've been showcasing new old teachers and star seeds and walk-ins and hybrids, you know, for years and years. And this is this deliberate creation puzzle piece is, as the Arcturians have told me, they sort of work with the mind, is the most important part of this, is when we can flow our energy, think in a way that does not resist or judge anything then we absolutely take our power back when we're not resisting or judging anything as good or bad, but being grateful for the experience it's giving us. Um, yeah. 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 Thank I can't you. Stress that enough. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, so very true. Yeah. So yeah, you are basically uh, kind of, you know, I guess highlighted her, you know, brought her to the, to the light, uh, you know, I'd never heard of her before. She's out of, you know, she's from Germany. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah yeah so it's a very nice uh, starseed lady and uh so you know they are you know starseed from you know from spain for example from germany are there any starseeds there are from some of those countries then we don't that we don't dare to talk about it everywhere they're all over the world they're everywhere they're absolutely everywhere i mean the people that volunteer to come into this dimension to help clean up clean up clean house you know to shift our consciousness from fear to love 
they place themselves all over the world in every mm. in every situation in every country they're absolutely everywhere and many of the people that i attract as i say i attract the teachers the new world teachers the star seeds the people that are here to make a difference you know say to me i feel so alone in my experiences because they place themselves in country towns where there are just not other people like them but through the internet, we have the opportunity, and this is what Sheila's doing with the Wish Alliance, we have the opportunity to, to you know, rejoin our cosmic family and, and to support each other in the work that we're doing across the globe. But yeah, they're absolutely, Ross, they're absolutely okay. everywhere. They really are. Yeah. So there will be uh, um, starts with like, you know, that they can speak in front of us as an audience and share from, let's say, China, Russia, India. Some Absolutely. God, okay. yeah. 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 And we... many of and many of them are not, you know, on YouTube um, mm -hmm. making podcasts and or, or stuff. They're just doing their work. They're, they're work. just being love and light. They're just being love and light. I watched a Christian movie the other day. I'm always looking for some sort of interesting thing to watch. You know, much of the stuff on Net Netflix and those other is also violent. And there was this gorgeous Christian movie about this young boy who was really sick with cancer. He had um, met the love of his life at school. You know, it was your typical American sort of the beautiful blonde girlfriend and the lovely guy. And he came from this big family. And everything that was happening to him, he was happy about it. Like he didn't, he suffered, but he didn't judge it. And, and then his, his brother, who was a football star, you know, he has, he, his girlfriend dumps him and he, and he can't play football because he's worried about it. You know, he's suffering over everything. <laughs> Like he's worrying and suffering over everything. And he's the good looking football guy who everyone adores. And there's his brother dying of cancer, who's going through chemo. So he's bald and vomiting the whole time. And he's still loving everybody and loving life. And the message was, you know, this was showcasing one of these star seeds that was not necessarily on YouTube, but just accentuating the positive, which is the name of the show, right? In any situation, no matter what you're going through, you can still love life and accentuate the positive and see the gifts and eventually the guy dies he gets he marries his high school sweetheart and he dies it was a very christian movie so there's lots of talk about god and jesus and stuff like that but it was just showcasing how these people come to earth to show us that life is a gift and we can love all of it doesn't matter if we're dying of cancer we can still love our life and um, and to don that perspective because that's who we are we are love. We don't look for love. We are love. And then there's a choice of being it or not. And that's the choice. So we, to be a deliberate creator is do I choose love over fear? Do I choose love over hate? doesn't really matter what's happening in the world. What am I choosing? How am I choosing to think about it? How am I choosing to flow my energy? Yeah, that's who we are as deliberate so, creators. So, so true. And, and those star seeds, they, they came here on earth to earth for this specific time because they knew that this is what's going to be happening and Absolutely. their service it says hey i am uh, so yeah let's say i'm a star see them i'm come to this plane to this earth to this time to this timeline to to bring the earth uh out of gaia out of out of this i don't know this learning lesson or whatever uh this reality and lift it up otherwise if those star stars were not here uh, i don't know where what kind of path we would have been so it's well it's would you, you, would you, agree? Star, you could call them star seeds which is one label for a specific intention by a soul but i call them the new world teachers which is just encompasses all the difference makers which encompasses everybody 
you don't have to particularly label yourself as a starseed. But I want to say to you, Ross, that you're one of them. Like you're one of them mm. who made that decision to be here now to make a difference. And so how you can make a difference is not keep quiet about what you believe. So many people, one of the biggest fears that we have as humans is the fear of being ostracized, ridiculed or judged because that's what we all do here on planet earth we judge and ostracize people who don't think the same as us the ets say to me you know we've talked about disclosure kevin and i've spoken about disclosure a lot and when i speak to my galactic mob they say all you humans crying out for disclosure you know wanting our cosmic family to rejoin your human family you can't even love each other how the hell are you going to love us because we are so vast in our experience and so different to you and you humans judge each other for your differences you know the muslims and the christians and they're we're all judging each other the gays and the straights and the polyamory and this we have all these different experiences and we can't love each other how are we going to love um, ETs, you know, that are here physically on earth yeah. that have vastly different experience. So we live in this very dirty house. Uh, my guide said to me, the guide said to me that the light is increasing on planet earth, just like Cindy said, which is speeding up manifestation, which means we have to clean up our thoughts because we see our negative thoughts uh, manifest as quickly as our positive thoughts nowadays, speeding up. And um, as the light increases on planet Earth, it reveals all the distortion to the light. So it reveals just like if you have a dimly lit home and you flood the home with light, you see where all the dirt is that you didn't see before, right? So as the light expands on planet Earth, it's revealing all the distortion to the light. And that's what's happening. That's what we're seeing. And then the distortion is revealed, corrupt governments and pedophilia and all this stuff is being revealed. And then humans go into judgment about it and, and you know, hate, hate and judgment. But the hate and the judgment is the, what the part of earth that we need to clean up. And so the star seeds here, predominantly the light weavers, the new world teachers, the difference makers are here to increase the love quota, to increase love and acceptance. And we first have to do it with ourselves and our family and our society and the rest of the world and obviously the cosmos when we rejoin our cosmic family. Yeah, Amen. to have that yeah, acceptance. Yeah, yeah. take it. Acceptance, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, taking away the division, you know, the, the politics, the, the, the religion, you know, the polarization that's between those two. There's always something polarized. Deny it. Den deny it, reject because that's what it really when you polarize you divide and and we right. cannot be divided we cannot be divided that's right. we are one human race we are one species and 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 how the heck do we supposed to be living with our star brothers and sisters if we cannot live with ourselves you know yeah that's right i, I mean and, we have and that's to. what i say that's what I say, share what, you, what you've come to experience. I've been ostracized my whole life by my family and friends because they just think I'm crazy. I tell them that I'm psychic and I see angels and, you know, speak to aliens. My daughter's not speaking to me at the moment. She can't stand me talking about aliens. You know, she's trying to fit in with society and there's crazy mom talking aliens. She's like, I'm not going to speak to you if you talk about aliens. So ostracism and judgment is something I just live with on a daily basis. And I'm sure many of you do. But it doesn't matter. Speak and be open about what you believe, because that's how we remind. That's how we wake people up. That's how we remember. You know, remind people. And I remember my daughter had a had a, a shoot. Some people wanted to interview her because she went through some experiences, 
And um, the two young guys that were talking to her, you know, I'm talking about aliens and stuff like that. And she's so embarrassed. She's like, excuse my mom. You know, she insists on talking about ETs and aliens. <laughs> and one of them said to me, you know, why do you think about this stuff? I said, because in your generation, it will be your reality. We are rejoining our cosmic family and in the not too distant future, it'll be your reality. Uh, you know, in, in 20, 30 years, I might not be here, but you will. And we'll live in a space-based race, you know, where we're connected to the universe. And he said, wow, interesting. And then he revealed that he and his friend had gone to his uncle's farm and done ayahuasca ceremonies and, wow. that they'd been, and that they'd been out in the universe, flying around the universe in their consciousness. So they were quite open to the conversation. Here's my daughter completely, um, you know, dying inside because crazy mom's talking about aliens again. But the kid, the two guys, the two young guys were totally open to it. So you know, we've just got to speak our truth to people and not be worried about what other people think, even in the face of ridicule and judgment. And that's how we wake people up, because it's amazing how many people are out there that have had experiences just like Carol's experience and near-death experience and have never spoken about it. In my online group, Sarah, one of the girls in our group, said that she, she works with horses and a guy came to do something with the hoof, something, some, I don't know, technical thing that I'm not... And, um, she got talking with him and he revealed that he'd had a near-death experience and he had not spoken about it for 20 years. And she said, did something happen to you? And he said, yes, actually it did. But he'd never had the guts to speak to anyone about it. And there, Sarah, you know, the two of them talking about this over a horse hoof and getting and allowing him to express himself in a way that he's never expressed himself before. So if we keep quiet and a fear of ridicule, we're never going to allow people to um, realize the truth of who we are as infinite creative you know beings extensions of the source you know connected to the cosmos and so yeah so that's what i'd like to say to you all don't keep quiet about what you believe and i know lots of you are don't and um i remember kevin said to me a couple of years ago when i first put him on the show that he was never going to tell anyone but his his wife and his brother about his experiences and then his guide said to him time to talk kevin and now he's out there telling the world but yeah it, it is time to talk for all of us it's time to talk uh, and i know many of you do yeah how are we going for time sheila yeah we're, we're doing pretty good we have uh, a little less than 30 minutes and one of the things oh, cool. i really appreciate your sharing everything that you have because everyone here can identify and connect in with a tidbit that you've shared whether it's the manifestation or you know how we hold the light and help to anchor it on the planet and one of the things I wanted to ask you is with most of us we have had this pivotal moment in our lives when all of a sudden we either had this spiritual awakening or something phenomenal happened to us to really open us up and expand our consciousness. And I was yeah. wondering if you could share with us when that was um, with you and oh, kind of what happened. There, 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 that's a great question. There are so many, so many things. It was, it's an ever ongoing experience for me but as I said to you I think I came in wired uh, already tapped in and turned on and talking to my guides not understanding that I was doing that just calling it my common sense but um, thinking about psychic stuff and going to psychic readers and stuff was always something that interests me I was never I never 
disbelieved in reincarnation i never disbelieved in psychic ability i never disbelieved in i I never thought any of that was crazy i was always excited about thinking about those sorts of things but as a curious kid always asking a million questions and, and and harassing my parents to no end i would say how can a baby be born in sin when it comes from you know this place of of pure positive energy probably not the words i used at the time but i don't understand how can a baby be born why do you have to baptize babies that doesn't make sense to me mum and mum and dad are so not religious in any way they're your typical secular you know like thinking about things normal people think about uh, not religious people think about and and me harassing them with these sorts of questions they were just like I don't know like ask your father and then he's like I don't know ask your mother and why do you ask so many questions Karen why do you think about this stuff this is the world I grew up in but when mum gets sick the questions are like why is she sick why do people get sick and then she dies and I'm like well why did she die and where did she go and if she went somewhere where is that place we obviously come from that place so it was the curiousness in me which still exists today hence I still put people on my show and ask them a million questions I'm just curious about everything that was a part of my awakening and as you ask questions life comes to answer your questions right when you allow it and so I had many experiences of life answering uh, the questions that I had Oh, there are so many, too many to mention. But, you know, when I was young, I was 16 when mom died. And then I had these dreams that I would see her in another place. She'd be in another country or another state or another house. It was always another place. And she would say to me, you know, Karen, I'm not dead. And I'm like, if you're not dead, where the hell have you been? Because I'm in a natural experience and I'm thinking it's my sort of normal experience. I'm thinking I'm still on earth and having, I'm thinking I'm alive, right? Having this lifetime and I would get so angry because I had believed she was dead and she wasn't dead. She was just somewhere else. And I'd come back into my human you know, experience and wake up in the morning and it was like, oh my God, it was just a dream. It was just a dream. It was so real. And I'm trying to interpret what I've experienced through my very limited mind. And I was seeing it as nightmares because it wasn't the truth. Like in this reality, it wasn't my truth, but I would be hanging out with her on the astral plane. She'd keep saying, you know, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. And you don't die. Nobody dies. And this was an ongoing experience I had with many dead friends. Death seems to follow me like all my best friends from childhood. They all died young. And they all came to tell me that they didn't die. And that's what the book uh, um, Return to Love was all about. It was the message of of love from my uh, dead friends and a few other people. And that returning to love doesn't, you don't actually have to die to return to love. You can return to love here on earth, but eventually we'll all return to love. Um, We might have to die to do it, but it's not necessary. And also it's the message in Awakened by Death that um, death can be such an awakening process. But I remember one of the most amazing experiences I had, I've had many, I read a book. Somebody had said to me, oh, you've got to get the book, A Journey of Souls. And um, I went to the bookshop, (laughs) Cindy, yeah. I went to the bookshop and I said, somebody told me I need to get a book before the internet about souls having a journey. And then she said, a soul's journey. And I go, yeah, that sounds like it. So I bought this book. It was the wrong book. And it was written by a guy called Peter Richelieu. I think that was his writer's name, but a, a guy who lived in the Second World War in India. And he had received the telegram that his brother had died in the war. And uh, at the time he was reading the telegram, he was one of these old English people that lived in a big mansion. He had a butler. Uh, Someone knocked at the door, a man in a turban. 
and uh, had said, I've come to speak to the master about his brother. And, and the butler goes into the study and he's holding the telegram, informing him that his brother had died. And he says, someone's here to speak to you about uh, your brother. And he comes in and he said, uh, he comes and meets him. He says, I'm, I'm going to take you to see your brother. And he said, you can't. I've just had this telegram that he's died. And he says, I'll be back tonight after you fall asleep and I'll take you to see your brother. And anyway, uh, he, he falls asleep at night and this man returns in his astral form and takes this man out of his physical body into his astral form, takes him to a new reality where his brother is now living and uh, shows him his brother. And then after that, he shows him a few other dimensions, predominantly the, um, the, uh, the Davic dimensions where the, 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 the um, fairies and, and the elementals live. And I remember reading this book going, oh, that's so cool. I so want that to happen to me. I so want that to happen to me. I want some dude and determined to turn up and take me to these other dimensions. And I remember really, really wanting it. And it didn't happen. So manifestation happens when you stop wanting. It says in the book's conversation with God, you'll never get what you want. And then Esther Hicks will say, you can have everything you want. Are the two statements, the two statements are true. The more you want something and the more you say, I really want it, the more you're sending out a message to the universe that you don't have what you want. So when you stop wanting something and say rather, oh, that'd be fun, that'd be nice, wouldn't that be good if that happened and then let it go, now you're in a vibrational stance in order to experience that as your reality. So when I stopped wanting it, <laughs> like I really want that, to and every night I'd fall asleep and say, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I stopped wanting it, it happened. And so I had this experience of being in like a classroom on the other side. And I asked my teacher, how do we move through dimensions? And she showed me um, how to shift our energy chakras and they were different colors to the physical chakras. And I found myself waking up in another dimension and there was the man with the turban holding out a glass of liqueur. And I looked at him and I looked past him and there was a table of people sitting. And uh, I said to him, can you drink when you're not in your body? And the message I got was, yeah, of course you can drink and you won't have the same experience as drinking alcohol on earth unless you create it. And I said, oh, okay. And I took the glass of liqueur and I found myself sitting at this table and Shirley MacLaine was there. And I said, what are you doing here? And she said, oh, Karen, do you think there was any coincidence? Mine were the very first books you ever picked up. And I thought, holding my glass of liqueur, huh, I guess not. And anyway, we started having this experience talking about all sorts of things and other people came to join and I remember we were watching videos of her dancing <laughs> at the time and I felt like I was in an earthquake I'm sitting at this table and all of a sudden everything started shaking and I grabbed the table and I looked up at people at the table and I said what's happening and then the next moment I found myself back in my bedroom on earth and I can't tell you that I was in my body or out of my body because I was a part of everything so I wasn't hovering above my body, seeing my body. I was in the room and I was seeing through all the walls. Everything was translucent and transparent. So I was seeing reality as it really is outside of my physical senses. And I could see my seven or eight-year-old daughter waking up through a couple of walls. I could see through all the walls and coming down the hallway to wake me up. And at that moment, I realized that my body had called me back from my astral experience because my daughter was about to wake me up. And I thought, wow, look at the 
magnificent intelligence in this design. Like, how amazing is this? And we've often spoken on the show about people who have had near-death experiences, uh, who have had traumatic deaths. Uh, even Garnet, one of the people who's my favourite, who is a bit like the guy in the book, the first book I read called A Soul's Journey, who has astral experiences with his spirit guides, spoke to Marie Antoinette about her beheading. And she said, before the guillotine came down, I popped out of the body and I watched it from above. And so many people who die traumatically, you know, the intelligence of the cosmos allows them to pop out of the body before they experience any pain. That can happen when people are being raped or terrible things happen. You just pop out of your body, let your body experience it, but the consciousness can witness it from above. Uh, and so this is sort of what I was experiencing. And then my daughter starts shaking my body saying, wake up, mom, wake up. And I'm going, I don't want this experience to end. I don't want this experience to end. And then she gives up because my body doesn't wake up and walks down to the kitchen. And I think, you know, mother, oh, I better get up and make her breakfast. And then bang, I'm back in my body. So that was one of the experiences that I had um, that was an answer to one of the many questions, the millions of questions that I've asked for. Remember, if you ask for it and you allow it, you're going to get it no matter what it is. It can be a physical manifestation or a spiritual manifestation, but you've got to get out of the vibration of really wanting it uh, and um, allow it to happen, whether it's psychic ability or channeling or anything. Um, right, right. I was wondering if you could also share one last thing with us. Um, prior to your incarnating into uh, this body, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the work you did on the other side? Your involvement oh, wow. with the councils? And yeah, so the guides have showed me uh, sitting on a council of light, of beings of light that oversee the evolutionary process right. of humanity. And, um, you know, as a young girl thinking that I'm here to be a healer and a teacher, I got caught up with it being all about me and what I had to say and what I had to teach. But what they showed me, and this is when I started to wake up to this as when I was doing massage and healing and everyone that would come to me wanted to change the world in some way, they were difference makers. I started to see myself as a teacher of teachers. And I used to call myself a teacher of teachers. And hence the show and putting on the Academy of Light and showcasing a bit what like you're doing, like you're a teacher of teachers, Sheila. And, and um, so they showed me, you know, much later that I had made a commitment to help and showcase and help the awakening teachers do their work. So a show is a part of the show is a part of it. You know, I've been showcasing new old teachers for 12 years uh, on radio and podcasting now. Nobody pays me for it. A bit like you, Sheila, you know, you do this work, nobody's paying you for it because it's a soul calling. And um, many of the people I've had on the show, you know, I'm sort of counselling them through it, some of them for the first time. Um, they're sort of putting their work out there. Like I had a gorgeous friend on the show yesterday who I was editing today, hence I forgot the time and was late because we were speaking about her awakening journey. She'd never done a podcast before. And um, yeah, it's all part of the work that I'm, I'm here to do, but I'm not, you know, the only one. There are just thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, probably millions of us that are here to support the awakening teachers. And because um, people have these experiences and they awaken and they say to me, I feel so alone. I feel so, you know, different to everybody else. You've heard it a million times, right? I'm so different. I'm so sensitive. 
and I'm here to acclimate, help them acclimate to who they are as the, you know, powerful creators and not to be victimized by the density of this third dimensional experience because so many of them get victimized. And I'm sure that you've heard it a million times too, like many of you. I want to get out of this place. I'm never going to reincarnate again. I hate this place. This place is terrible. Like we've all heard that a million times from people. But if you're, remember, I'm going to say it again, what you resist persists. So if you're hating the third dimension or this physical life experience and all the trauma that you go through, you're not being who you came to be as a difference maker. You're not being the light. You're not being the awakening. You're not being the reminder that you said you do from your soul's perspective. So for somebody like me and many of you, it's for us to remind others of, of their soul agreement and who they are as spirit and not the trauma of their physical experience and to help them reclaim and reacclimate to the frequency of love, which is their true nature, and to see all of it as a gift that everything we're experiencing, including wearing masks and the Holocaust and the pandemics and the corruption and the, you know, to see all of it as a as a gift of an experience that is evolving the soul yeah so did that beautiful yes it did that's beautiful and you know it's wonderful that we have everything recorded because people will text me all the time where's the recording i gotta go back and listen i gotta go back and listen so i promise guys i will get this up tonight and you can go back and listen to Karen as many times as you would like to because you've shared so much with us tonight so much wisdom so much beauty um and it's just it's just been wonderful and uh before we close I was wondering is there any kind of like parting words uh or anything that you would like to share with us as a final thought yeah I'd like to tell people about what I'm doing this year so each week I have an online group called the Inner Sanctum and each week I teach this stuff every week and it's been very loose and very free and very open. But this year I'm getting a little more organized. It's a lot more work for me, but it's the way the human mind works. I like to be in the moment and go with the flow. And my guides have been talking to me about putting on structured online courses because I've been doing courses physically for years, not over the last few years because of COVID and everything like that. So I'm doing some online courses and many of you don't need them, but some of you will. So the first one is meet your spirit guide and connect to your spiritual team. People are always asking me because I'm always having the mob speak through me. I don't channel like other people channel because my guide said to me, or Jesus actually, Sananda, I call him Sananda, said to me when I was crying out for identity, like, who are you? And he stepped forward. And I, as I said, I had no religious upbringing. So I didn't even really believe in Jesus. I thought people that talked about Jesus were God botherers. So the fact that the Christ comes through and starts talking to me and said to me, I never said I was channeling when I taught, when I started my um, work as a teacher, I never said I was channeling. I always told people that I and the father are one. And he said, it's the same with you. You and your guides are one. You and the father are one. You and source are one energy. So channeling for me is just me showing up and starting to talk and it just, just blows through me. And um Deliberate Creation 101, the principles of deliberate creation, you know, like exactly what is it to be a deliberate creator, teaching people about how to flow their energy, how to work with their emotional guidance system. And then I'm doing advanced deliberate creation because there's a lot more to the story than the deliberate creation 101. Developing your intuitive and psychic abilities, channeling abilities, 
Stepping Out as a New World Teacher, which is a, which is a longer course and the most expensive for those people who really feel like they're here to sort of step out and teach and how do I make a living from it and how do I get a podcast show up or a show up and how do I market myself? So sort of a lot of practical gifts around that being someone that's done it for myself and also showcased teachers for like 25 years. And um, yeah, so they're the, some of the courses that I'm getting up and running this year, the new year, new things to do, Sheila. <laughs> and uh, I still have my online group. What I've done with the Inner Sanctum, it was a subscription uh, group, which worked out at about, if you paid for a year subscription, it was about $5 a session, which wasn't much. What I've done, we'd, every month we'd have a teacher, like what you're doing with the Wish Alliance, we'd have a teacher. I've thrown that open to the public. So the, the, the Inner Sanctum sessions with a guest teacher, which was somebody I've showcased on the show. Um, I get them to do exactly what you're doing now. I get them to talk to the group and you can come online and ask some questions. That will now be exactly, in fact, you inspired me to do that, Sheila, because I was working with your group and working with the Palladian Awakening group, which is where I had Akira, uh, um, Akira on, the on the Palladian Awakening. And so I was doing this for other groups and I thought, well, if I'm going to do this free for other groups, I might as well do it free in my group too. And when I say free and like Sheila's group, it's by donation, guys. So if you are appreciating the work, please help the Wish Alliance and donate. And, you know, if it's $5 or $10 or anything you can give, because I know how much work Sheila puts into it and it would be good to, have, you know, be paid uh, for that work. And it's the same with um, the Inner Sanctum with a guest teacher. It'll be by donation, free or by donation. So, yeah, they're the changes for this year. And obviously I do private sessions. And I do all that that I'll teach in the group in private sessions. But I, I really reckon when you're learning this stuff, it's great to have a tribe where you can discuss what you're experiencing yes. with each other. So I think that the courses will be really fun. So I'm looking forward to that this year. They're starting in March this year. Beautiful. Well, wonderful. And, you know, one of the things, too, uh, Karen is one of the emissaries with the Wish Alliance. And... Um, anyone who is an emissary, a luminary, a, an ambassador, if you have events, classes, courses that you're teaching, please be sure to let us know so we can put those up for you. And then people will go to, like I say, to your course, they'll click on it and it'll take them immediately to your site. And so that's just one of the things that the Wish Alliance does. Um, we really like to bring people in to promote each other and to really, you know, serve as a container where we can all grow together because that's, a, you know, that's what we're here to do. Many of us have been called to come to the planet at this particular time, whether a walk-in, indigo, starseed, a hybrid, a dimensional being, whatever it is, we all hold within us that essence that really brought us here. And we all chose to be here at this particular place um, and in this particular time. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that, you know, we've kind of all it's, you know, it's not even really formed a tribe. It's like we have found our soul families, our, our connection, you know, with each other. And so it's always beautiful to have these meetings and these gatherings. And I love reading all of the questions and the comments. Uh, if you haven't checked out the comments, please do so. Um, I have all of Karen's contact information in there. If you'd like, you can contact her at https 
Um, and then it's karenswain.com slash home. And then she also has the www.karenswain.com uh hyphen atpmedia.com you can find her on facebook at accentuate the positive and also on facebook accentuate the positive radio and so there are many ways to get a hold of karen um, if you want to reach her and you didn't have the opportunity to write any of these links down please let me know or you can visit the wishalliance.org website so thank you guys very much for being here tonight it's always as i said it's wonderful to have our family here um, so many familiar faces a couple new ones so welcome 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 to all of our YouTubers out there. Uh, we're so grateful to have you all together. So until we are together next Monday, and then of course, again on Thursday, I hope you have a blessed week and namaste. Oh, Good night, namaste. everybody. Thanks, Karen. Lots of love. Good night, Cindy. Good night. Love Great you all. Thank you, Karen. Thank Thanks, you, Karen. Karen.